Good morning. It's so glad to be with you here at Old South Church this morning. First and foremost, let us remember that this is the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Secondly, it's so wonderful to be here to lift up mothers and all those that do mothering 365 days a year. And thirdly, this is a very special Sunday for us here at Old South Church. It is Phyllis Wheatley Sunday. Phyllis Wheatley was a member of this congregation. So we call her and consider her to be our patron saint. She also holds the distinction of being the poet laureate for the American Revolution. So it is indeed a good day. Would you pray with me? Oh God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O oh Lord, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. In our scripture, which comes from Psalms 137, we see God's people in dire straits. God's chosen people have been taken from their land. They've been captive into exile. They went from the promised land of Jerusalem to a foreign land, a strange country called Babylon. They went from being landlords one night and land, land, landlords one night to becoming homeless overnight. They lost their freedoms, their comforts of home and what was familiar. The magnificent temple was destroyed. The magnificent temple that has been built by King Solomon, the place of worship, the place of certainty, the place of religious life and national pride. Now gone. The psalmist tells us that the captives sat and wept. And, if, and as if that wasn't enough, the captors tormented them, asking them, sing us one of those songs of Zion. And they said, oh, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? This question has been asked and answered by people who have been displaced, beaten, ostracized, and dismissed. How easy it would be just to throw in the towel and say, I've had it. We learned that they had hung their hops on the willows. They had had it. The Phyllis Wheatley did not hang her hops on the willows. In other words, she didn't sit down. She sang out loud and clear in a strange land using her voice, and that voice continues to ring out to this day. She was kidnapped from her family in West Africa by slave traders at the age of seven. She belonged to a, a culture, a spoken language, a, a culture that worshiped the deity, a culture that had rituals and customs and a way of working together to achieve the common good. But Phyllis, survived the cruelty of the Middle Passage and arrived in Boston on a ship called the Phyllis, for which she was named. She was purchased at an auction block in what is now called Chinatown section of Boston. The Wheatley family were a liberal and a, a prominent family in Boston and they were kind to Phyllis and they afforded her many opportunities to learn. 16 months after arriving, she learned the English language and she went on from there 
She mastered Latin and Greek and the English literature at a time when enslaved people could be condemned to death for learning. And it was a time when most women from the dominant culture were not even expected to know how to write their name. So how do you sing a song in a strange land? Phyllis Wheatley learned to sing by listening, watching, and reading everything that she could get her hands on. When the young writer felt the urge to express her fascination with something around her or the world, she turned to poetry. She loved words, words like liberty, imagination, and freedom. Poetry was her freedom, and she used it to assert and to let us know that she was a beloved child of God. For her, freedom was a universal desire, a longing that came from the human heart. A young, confident Phyllis Sweetly at the age of 19 writes to George Washington just before the revolution, expressing the ideals of freedom and liberty. She turns the heads of leaders. She uses her pen and her voice to share a vision which would help fuel the American Revolution. She criticized the impact of slavery, not just on those who were enslaved, but on the enslavers. This ideal has a prophetic ring. It rings to the words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, who said that we are all caught up in a web of mutuality. The institution of slavery was unacceptable and unsatisfactory to Phyllis Wheatley. So she builds into her poems an acceptable world. She wrote 20 some odd eulogies for friends and acquaintances as an escape from this world with the conviction that the next world, that heaven, would be far greater. Now you don't sing a song very long in a strange land without getting in trouble. Phyllis Wheatley's poems commanded such a following. Her poems showed that she had a command of the English Western literature and Greek mythology. Her writings gained notoriety and the, well, the, 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 the male dominant white society who regarded blacks as inferior and lacking intellectual abilities summons Phyllis Wheatley to court to defend herself in 1772. The judges were some of Boston's best and brightest, including faith leaders, a governor, a lieutenant governor, and John Hancock. But she proved herself in court. However, she was unable to get her first book of poems published, her first and her only book of poems published, poems on various subjects, religious and moral. It was finally published in London, and she continued to sing her song in this strange land. She faced stress and emotional suffering, but she bared up. She traveled to Europe and she continued to share her thoughts and her heart with us. How do you sing a song in a strange land? Well, back in the day, Phyllis Wheatley sat in the seats at the Old South Meeting House that were reserved for enslaved people it was there where the scriptures and the word of God and the Holy Spirit came alive to her and sparked the ideas of freedom and equality. While the old preachers there might have quoted 
Paul, Paul's instructions to slaves to be obedient to their masters, Phyllis Wheatley heard something very different. And as you and I both know, two people can be in the same conversation and have two different experiences and interpretation. This is what happened. Phyllis Wheatley sat in the pews reserved for the enslaved people and she heard about a God who gave Abraham a new direction. She heard about a God who led Moses and the enslaved people out of bondage in Egypt. She heard about a man named Jesus who loved and suffered and died and rose on the third day to give new life. She heard about a Jesus who came and gave everyone and continues to give us unconditional love. Phyllis Wheatley found inspiration and faith and freedom in God's words. That's how you sing. That's how you sing in a strange land. How strange it is, some might say for us today, to be lifting up the light and the life of Phyllis Wheatley this morning. One who doesn't come from the majority people, but comes from the loins of a disinherited and a disallowed people. Even in our year 2020. But here's the good news. The good news is that God comes to us in unexpected sources to bridge history and time. The God of history teaches us that with any struggle comes a certain and a strange light that enriches. It enriches so much that it cannot be destroyed and it never will be destroyed. There's something that's splendid and strong and dignified about Phyllis Wheatley's spirit. It's a spirit that wouldn't die in the face of hate and oppression and evil. So maybe, so maybe this God of history has sent Phyllis Wheatley here to warm our hearts and to inspire us this morning. Perhaps we need to continue to look to this God of history in this season of spring, in this season of planting, and plant seeds of hope and justice and love so that we too can sing in a strange land. Amen.